Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. I know it's early days for the Penguins, but there's a lot to like. Not least, Danton Heinen is on pace for 82 goals. Heinen is a Crosby in bottom six's clothing, perhaps. But team-wise, I like the preparation. I like the focus. I like the ambition. And I like the way the team fits together and is going to fit together. Mike Sullivan likes three scoring lines. You'll recall back in the day when he would put Kessel on the third line. So he had, in theory, and for that one year, in actuality, three scoring lines. Well, with Sullivan's current personnel, that's just not possible. Heck, they don't really have two scoring lines right now. But I do love that line of Bluger, McGinn, and Zach Aston-Reese. It's a traditional grinding bottom six line. Drew O'Connor is 6'3", 190, and he can skate and forecheck. He's a legit bottom six. The Penguins haven't often had legit bottom six style forwards. Their bottom six has often been inferior versions of top six forwards. I see Simone slash Simone comma Dominic who is still in town. But now the assembly of the team seems a bit more traditional and so far that looks like a good thing. I just hope Selly doesn't overthink it when Malkin comes back and Carter can be the third line center. But I like the potential of the potential assembly of this team and I like the way the Penguins come at you for 60 minutes. That's a real credit to Mike Sullivan, who had this team fired up to open the season despite missing some marquee names. New World Order brought to you by 84 Lumber, your hometown building partner, and by Armstrong, keeping you connected. That game Saturday, when it was 4-0 12 minutes in, I got worried. Too much too soon. You can't help but relax with that kind of score that early, but Pittsburgh didn't. Well, they did, but not really for very long. 412-333-WXDX. I want to talk Pitt for a second, and only for a second, because I don't care. But Pitt beat Virginia Tech. Pitt is whatever and one. They're ranked 23rd in the nation. Huzzah. They got a big, big, big home game with Clemson on Saturday. Who knows? People might even buy tickets and show up. They might. Pitt could win the ACC because the ACC sucks. So hail to Pitt. Very aggressive. A new day. And you won't be pushed around. Strong enough to beat the world. Anybody get that reference? If you do, tweet it, at Mark MarkMaddenX. Uh, Kenny Pickett is really good. He should be. After six years, he's like Belushi in Animal House. No, but he is very good. Pickett will be a solid NFL backup, maybe even a borderline starter. So Pitt's okay. 
But if you wonder why I don't talk about him more, I've always been very honest about this. I don't like the coach. Pat Narduzzi is a douchebag. He is arrogance without accomplishment. And I won't talk about Pitt much till he's gone. And I won't ever go again till he's gone. And if that's not fair, that's too bad. It isn't the gee whiz, let's be fair and all show. It's the Mark Madden show, and I do what I want. I used to go watch Pitt all the time, too. And in Pittsburgh sports talk, it's all Steelers and Penguins anyway. Now, I see people talking about Pitt maybe making the playoff. Playoff? That will never... Ever happen, not even if Pitt wins out. As I mentioned earlier, the playoff is a crock. Cincinnati is going to make the playoffs and get beat by 30. The only way to be objective regarding a college football playoff is if only conference winners make it. When the college football season starts, the teams don't know exactly what they have to do to win the national championship. There is no guaranteed path, not even for an Alabama, which means there is really no national championship. 412-333-WXDX. A bunch of people got it on Twitter. Rounders. Teddy KGB. Pay that man his money. Uh, We've been talking Steelers, but once again, we're in that trap where you know they suck, so you don't want to talk about them. You just want to let the win stand for itself and shut up, fat ass. Don't you know they won, fat ass? A win's a win, fat ass. But I know where this is headed, and I think you do too. And even if they do somehow win the next three games, and I'm not dismissing that possibility, they're still not going to make the playoffs. They're not. If they go 6-3, and three, I would bet they still finish 8-9. and nine. Just gets a lot tougher after those nine games. And I still think they find a way to lose to Cleveland at Cleveland, even though Cleveland is incredibly beat up. That that injury list is just, it's depressing from a Browns fan's point of view. Chubb out. Hunt out. Uh, Baker Mayfield. He had his left arm in a sling after the game because he dislocated his shoulder again, and he could play. It's not his throwing arm, but nonetheless, that has to affect the way he performs, it's just a mess up in Cleveland right now. And sooner or later, it always seems to get around to being a mess in Cleveland, but uh, this year was supposed to be the year. And it's, I'm not saying this is going to be a typical Cleveland Browns year, but it's not looking good so far. Luck means a lot. Oh, that JOK, that linebacker, Owosu, whatever his name is, he's hurt too. Like I said earlier, the Steelers are not a very good football team, but maybe they don't need to be. Let's go to Dave in Bedford. Dave, you're on with Double M. Dave, you're on the air. Okay, we don't have Dave. Why don't we have Dave? Let's go to Matt in Churchill. Matt, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, I just wanted to ask, uh, why do we have Ray-Ray McLeod at uh, third wide receiver when we have James Washington, who's a second-round pick, Anthony Miller, who we just signed to the practice squad, he's a second-round pick, 
and guys like, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, who are free agents. Right yeah, now. they're not going to get Larry Fitzgerald. You were semi-intelligent till then. By the way, how's Larry Fitzgerald feel? He stops playing in Arizona, never loses now. I'm not saying that's why, but a lot of people think if B follows A, then A caused B. But uh, I don't understand why Ray Ray McCod's playing ahead of James Washington either, Matt. Uh, the only thing I can think of is that Matt Williamson surmised that James Washington must be playing hurt, as is Chase Claypool. Uh, yeah, but if but if Ray Ray McCaw's playing hurt, excuse me, if James Washington's playing hurt, why did he play at all? Uh, I'm not I'm not sure. He probably shouldn't have played. But you know, you have Kobe uh, Cody White or Kobe White or whatever. You have big guys, guys who can make catches. And yeah, Cody White's terrible. Really For one thing, he's white. Yeah, he's just a he's just a he's not he's white. Return guy. Cody White's and, not white. With the first name like no, Cody, he's not white. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, yeah, then yeah. play him by all means. Well, he he dropped the dropped the big ball in the Broncos game, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, if we're going to bench everybody who dropped the ball. Pretty soon, Derek Watt would be at wide out until he dropped the ball. Four one two three 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 WXDX. Mike Lang at the bottom of the hour. Bill Burr. The great comedian joins me at 5.30. He's got a show at the Pete on April 21st. It's part of his slight return tour. And by the way, won't it be refreshing to see the Pete sold out for a change? You know, Paul Zeiss, who's my friend, he was on Twitter just a moment ago saying, I hope we're not going to spend the whole week debating how many people are going to show up for the Clemson game at Pitt. And I'm not going to spend time debating it, but don't you wonder... Isn't this like when pit football fans have to show up or just shut up? Like, if that crowd's only like 30,000, wouldn't that be pathetic? Doesn't that have to be sold out or pretty close for us to get excited about pit football, or rather for us to be shown that we should be excited about pit football? Me, I don't give a damn. I'll be in fabulous Las Vegas. I'm in New York Wednesday, Vegas, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I will be having a hell of a time. You got to do that during the bye week. You got to. There's no time to take off during Steeler season except during the bye week. I got a bunch of tweets. Minka played okay last night. Yeah, except for missing like literally a half dozen tackles. He was terrific. If you don't think tackling's important, then Minka is tremendous. Well, Terrell Edmonds is worse. Oh, yeah, tackling for sure, but are we going to set the bar with Terrell Edmonds? The Steelers have two good players on defense. Great players. Watt and Hayward. Highsmith played okay last night. Everybody else is somewhere between stink and suck. Seriously, when you allow that many points in the second half, 20 points, four scores in the second half, when the Steeler defense was barely on the field, in the first half, like, I think, nine minutes, ten minutes, and you give up four scores, you give up 20 points to Geno Smith at quarterback, your defense ain't no good. It's not elite. I defy you to tell me. Somebody just tweeted, if the offense can just play average, the defense can carry the team. The defense did its best to give away the game last night. Did its absolute effing best to give away the game last night. Even at the end, Ben drives the team for that field goal, Boom, right back down the field, Seattle field goal. That is a average defense beyond those two guys, not even average, and it's gutless. The only guys with guts 
are wayward. That's it. That's the list. Mike Lang at the bottom of the hour, 105.90X. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Let's face it, you've always been in love with this. is just your moment of clarity. I don't think so. Oh, I know so. The X at 105.9. Some other hockey injury news. Sid will not play tomorrow. We told you that. Rust is week to week. Matheson, his status for tomorrow night's up in the air, and... Gino skated today, but he's out for a few more months. In Tampa, Nikita Kucherov has once again re- been placed on long-term injured reserve. He apparently hurt his groin severely, and it could require surgery. Nikita Kucherov, not part of the groin gang. That's what he gets for trying to play a regular season game. Now they can screw the salary cap again. I can't get over Danton Heinen having three goals in three games. And they're all pretty decent goals. I don't have all the Penguins numbers down, Patty. They're all the new guys. I don't have their numbers memorized yet. I might not even bother. Uh, Caliente Pizza, which I love and I do a lot of Penguins viewing parties there. They have a pickle pizza. It's kind of a big deal. Get it? Would you eat a pickle pizza? I'm intrigued. I I don't think I'd like it, but I'm intrigued. I love pickles on chicken sandwiches, hot chicken sandwiches. But that's about the only context in which I like a pickle, except for one thing. The greatest use of a pickle ever is on the Burger King Whopper. I don't know why. I don't like pickles on Wendy's. I don't like pickles on McDonald's. I like pickles on the Burger King Whopper. Again, absolutely no idea why. Just like you have no idea why you still think the Steelers' defense is elite, even though all evidence points otherwise. And I said earlier, Eichel can't... Eichel. I'm I'm looking at Jack Eichel trade rumors. Uh, TJ Watt's not going to win every game by himself. Like he mostly won last night's game and mostly won the game at Buffalo. But... uh, I guess he's going to do his best to, to, to attempt that, but that that D just got to play better. Got to play better. And no matter what you say about a win is a win is a win, these last two wins have been incredibly discouraging. But, hey, let's talk Penguins. You want cheerleading for the Steelers, and really you can GFY if that's what you want because I think they're an 8-9 and team just as much now as I did before they won the last two games. I think they're a non-playoff team. I think their defense, as currently assembled, minus injury players, has a couple guys who are great, and the rest suck. And that includes your precious Minka, who they never should have got because they might have Justin Herbert had they not made that trade. Penguins uh, play Dallas tomorrow night. Dallas is no great shakes. They're okay. 
You know what Dallas has that a bunch of teams have? Chicago has, too. The, the big thing in the NHL now is to have defensemen that don't play defense. That just, you know, go up the ice and look for the puck. The Penguins had, well, Yoey had a figure. The Penguins had like five odd man breaks in the first five minutes against Chicago on Saturday. Seth Jones, as good as he is, he's all about the puck and not as much about defense. And the same applies to a couple Penguins too, but Dallas Stars got a bunch of guys like that too, so it could be a back and forth game. I just worry that with the marquee absences that the Penguins at some point aren't going to score like they have been. That was the big fear before the season started with no Sid, no Geno, no Gensel for that first game, and now no Rust. The worry was that the Penguins were going to have a lot of trouble scoring, and they have 15 goals in three games. If you take away the empty net goals, they still have 12 goals in, in three games. But uh, one night that'll dry up. And I guess it dries up even when your stars are playing, but uh, I'm a little bit worried about the Dallas game. What's happened so far, given the injuries, seems almost too good to be true. 412-333-WXDX is the number. Call thanks to everyone last night at the GOAT, G-O-A-T Sports Bar in Seven Fields, right by the Lemieux Complex, right up uh, off 79. Great Steelers viewing party. And now i got no viewing parties at all because no Penguins uh, away games for a bit, and the Steelers have a bye week. So I'll just have to sit and stew in Las Vegas where you won't be. Mike Lang up next. You're listening to the Home of the Penguins, 105.90X. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, hey. Hey, what's going on, Mark? Hi. Super genius. It's a good buddy. That's shit, folks. That's your name, W. Woo! The X at 105.9. The Penguins are off to a solid start despite some marquee injuries. And joining me to talk about it is the voice of Pittsburgh hockey. He is the Hall of Famer, Mike Lang. Uh, Mikey, despite some injuries, the Penguins have played well. They look very prepared and focused, and I think that's a tribute to Coach Mike Sullivan. Uh, they get right on the money. I think the coaching staff has, you know, implemented this same system for a number of years, and uh, at least at the start of it, they're in full sync. I mean, they're. We've talked many times, Mark, about the the ability to to roll four lines under a system, and right now they're they're doing it to perfection. I mean, I'm uh, really impressed with the work of the third and fourth lines, uh, and despite the fact that Sid and Gino are both out of the lineup. The Penguins uh, lead the league in goal scoring right now. So it's a tribute, really, to the to the, the coaching staff and also a little credit to the front office staff in Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. 
They got some acquisitions here that have paid big dividends in the early going. And frankly, you know, the games are as important now as they will be when it gets really tough in the last month of the regular season. So they're, they're picking up points, and that's an important thing. Now, we all want the Penguins to win, but boy, my heart went out to Marc-Andre Fleury on Saturday. Uh, four goals allowed in under 12 minutes, and he got yanked. It was a rough night for the Flower. Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, we all have such uh, fond memories of him. And uh, he'll overcome it. He'll be fine. He'll be back in there, and they'll win some games. Uh, but it was kind of, you know, you could feel for him because you knew what he was going through. He was trying to make the moves, trying to make the right move, and everything went wrong. And uh, you have those nights. It's like a pitcher, you know, in baseball. Uh, some nights it, it's all there for you. You've got four pitches working for you, and you're mowing everybody down. The next night, the first two guys up hit home runs. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's more consistency than anything. And he has certainly given whatever team he's played for consistency. He'll be back, and he'll be uh, he'll be heard from before the season's all over. Uh, you know, and, and it's a tribute to him, really, everything he's accomplished in his career. He's probably going to hit 500 wins uh, close to it this year. Uh, he's a sure Hall of Famer in my book. Now, on the other net, Tristan Jari has looked okay, and the defense in front of him has been very good. Well, part of it is the the fact that the offense has been so strong to me, uh, you know, and dictating the pace of the game. Uh, that certainly helps. But I think our goaltending, I mean, you don't win a division title, Mark, like they did last year. And as many times as the Penguins have, you know, won 40-plus games without good goaltending. And they got that last year, and I, I look forward to continue. Both are solid NHL goaltenders. And I think that it shows overall, when you get into the season, just what they can do. So uh, I've I've been impressed really with uh, their ability to uh, to play goal uh, for a team that has a lot of different uh, wrinkles to it. Uh, they've been there, I think, front and center for the Penguins here the last couple of years. It was great to see all the fans back on Saturday, wasn't it? No restrictions on capacity. It felt like a homecoming, and the crowd was great. Uh, it's fantastic feeling to get the crowd buzzing, uh, and they appreciate it. I know the players do. There's no question. And even the broadcasters, uh, when you're working a game, to have that live feel of the fans there, there's nothing like it. And uh, so um, I'm, I'm hoping we can continue with that. Uh, this COVID thing is still for real, folks. Uh, you got to be a little, you know, tempered uh, when you're when you're out and about because it's still uh, in the midst of us all. But it seems to be getting better, and that's good news for all sports teams and uh, everybody getting back to some type of normalcy. Mike Sullivan is now the Penguins' all-time winningest coach after the victory against Chicago Saturday. You've seen them all, Mike. What makes Sully such a good fit for this group and this franchise? Well, he's a guy that uh, you know uh, works off the same theory year by year, and he does have a few wrinkles that he employs year by year, but... Pretty much the so. He's, he's, he's even, you know, he's uh, right up front with the players. Uh, he brings them in. He tells them what they what what he needs them to do, and uh, work uh, work at it. And the thing is, under his system, and it is not an easy system, and it's one you got to really push yourself uh, to keep continually to play at the four check like they have been. Is not easy, Mark, especially on an eighty-two game schedule. Uh, but he has them at that point again, and that's when they start to believe in one another. 
Uh, I usually kind of judge a team where it's going to be after the first 20 games. So it's a little bit early for me to make full judgment on what I think with this uh, this uh, unit. But from what I've seen here in the early going and what might be coming back, uh, it looks pretty promising. But it's a little bit early, really, to make a full judgment on how it's all going to turn out. Danton Heinen has three goals in three games. He's a good player, hasn't really been a big scorer, but in the early going, you never know who's going to get hotter for how long, do you? Well, he's a, he's a solid NHL player. Uh, I thought he was a real good player with the Boston Bruins, yep. and he is exactly played that way, if not more, uh, with the Penguins. And that is a wrinkle. We like that. I think we all appreciate how the Bruins play. And uh, it, I'm getting a feel of kind of like almost a game the other night. I kind of this look like the Boston Bruins here. I mean, they're always in a game, always the ability to come back, and Hein is just a part of that, and he only knows one way to play. And now the goal's going in for him. So uh, it's a good a good thing to have, and uh, he's, a, he's, he's deservedly is getting the goals. I mean, he's working hard to make it happen, and it shows in the results that he has on the board. Uh, it's very early days, Mikey, but what's your take on Drew O'Connor? Uh he really is a big kid and kind of a typical bottom six forward. And the Penguins haven't necessarily had many of those in the past few years. Well, he's making uh, a case for easily in the bottom six. And if he keeps playing like he has been, he's going to move up the ladder. I mean, he's too talented if he's going to score goals like he has uh, here in the early going. He's found that touch. And when you find that touch, boy, uh, coaches look for guys that can score goals. So, And he's, you know, he's going to be... What is kind of nice about it is that he has some time from Wilkes-Barre, but he also is playing on that third and fourth line right now. And it's given him a look at the defensive end of it to make it make himself even a better player. So if, in fact, he continues at this pace and scores goals, he'll be a candidate to move up the ladder and move into that uh, left-wing spot. Uh, that's my read on him in the early going. Uh, let's see how it plays out here in the first, as I said, 20 games. But I like a lot what I see of him. And he looks faster, he looks stronger, and he's a big boy. And uh, he put all those ingredients together, and he's got determination. Uh, that's a good sign for the future for, for Drew O'Connor. We're talking to Mike Lang. He's brought to us by California University of PA. Unlock your story. In that vein, Mikey, Sully likes that line of Zach Aston Reese, Teddy Blucher, and Brock McGinn a great deal. And, and so do I. It's a traditional third or fourth line, and it's good to have one of those, isn't it? Well, you got to have it. I mean, under Sully's system, I mean, the defensive part of it, especially on the defensive zone face-offs against top people, uh, that's where he kind of gets his magic and helps to turn it around uh, to put some pressure on. They've been very successful here in doing that against opposing teams, but it also is a big thing to have, particularly in your own end when you're trying to defend. And uh, that's when you can get players that can do that, uh, and going back and win some face-offs uh, on a regular basis against the opposing team's top players, that's a big, big plus. Uh, you know, the Pens were, were blessed here in the Cup years with Matt Cullen uh, recently, uh, and they're trying to find that answer. And Teddy Booger right now leads the Penguins in uh, face-offs, uh, the, the percentage. So if he can get above, just above 50%, that's a big plus for him. I mean, he's kind of I want to say wallowed in the 48, 47 range, but if he can get it up 50% or above and Boyle contributes in that manner too, 
then you've got things cooking. I mean, you're going to win some of those uh, penalty kill face-offs, and you're going to win and keep that buck out of the net. So that's an important, important part of uh, Mike Sullivan's system. Uh, the Penguins haven't played any division games yet, Mike. Uh, what's your take on the Metro? I'm not sure I see a great team, but I'm not sure I see many bad teams either. Too early for me to tell. Uh, I'll be very honest. Uh, until you see them in person or you see them you know, play uh, against the opposition, it's tough to see where they are. Uh, so I, I'm not, I just don't know. We, on paper, I mean, Carolina's a powerhouse, you know, a strong team. Uh, the Islanders, but they're fading early. Uh, you know, there, there's so many good teams in the Metro. But somebody's going to surprise us. Maybe Pittsburgh will. Everybody considered them to be done and uh, pushed out. Uh, somebody's going to surprise us with uh, uh, being a better team. I mean, right now, Philadelphia, everybody's looking at it and going, oh, boy, there they go again on the downside. But it's a long year, Mark, and so uh, we're going to see them. Time and time again, uh, I wish I could give you a definitive answer about who I think is the strongest and going to win it, uh, but it's just too early for me to make that judgment. Yeah, and there's been a lot of turnover in the division roster-wise yep. in the offseason as well. One other thing, though, about the Metro, I'm not sure I see a great goalie in the Metro either, Mike, based on performance in past years. Don't get me wrong, a lot of good goalies, but I'm not sure about a great goalie, and I think whoever emerges will go a long way toward determining who finishes on top of the division. And like you said, the Penguins goalies did just that last year. That's a solid point. I mean, uh, I agree. And uh, somebody's going to come to the forefront and be that uh, star type of goaltender. We don't know who it is on the other teams, including the Penguins. Uh, but that's a very solid point about uh, the goaltending part of it. Uh, you know, uh, I, as I said before, the Penguins have been able to have the goaltending that they've had Get them in the playoffs for number one. There's only one. Nobody's matched the record the Penguins have here in the NHL in the last 15, 16 years. So they've had that goaltending, and for them to be successful, obviously, they're going to need it to continue. But that is a, that's a key key position, really, for anybody to make the playoffs. So let's see how that all plays out. And you're right. I mean, there are question marks about Carter Hart and other goaltenders uh, in the division. And... Uh, Good good uh, perception by you, Mark. We're hoping Sid will be back soon. He won't be playing tomorrow night. But uh, when Sid does come back, Mike, we should never take that for granted, should we? Especially oh. with him at 34 <laughs> years old. Please don't. You know, go and see him. He's, he's so ready to play. He wants to play so badly. I wouldn't count him out <laughs> for tomorrow. But uh, he's ready to go. So I'm getting good reports on him. Uh, and there's just nothing like having him back uh, in the lineup and what he means to the team. So that, that'll that be a wonderful day. And for fans, you know, uh, if you haven't seen him play, and I've said this many, many times, it's worth the price of admission, folks, to come out and watch 87 play. Uh, he's that good, and you don't want to say, I never saw him play. I mean, you, you've got to say, I did see him play. No question. What a privilege it's been since 1984 nonstop. To have the yeah. number of great players we've had here. One one thing I thought was uh, kind of uh, interesting about Sid when they had the pregame the other night to introduce the players. Sid looks totally uncomfortable being around a hockey game he's not playing in. <laughs> he, he, am, I, am I right? Well, he can't. He doesn't have a way, a way of going out and stick hand one at the McDonald's sign. That's right. You know? <laughs> he's so used to coming out and being able 
to uh, do all his superstitions. Now he's going he's to be fine. He'll be he'll be back in and uh, hopefully sooner than later and uh, give him that big spark. And uh, I, I look for him to have a big year. I really do. Finally, Mike, tomorrow night is Mike Lang night at PPG Paints Arena. We all get to say thanks for all your great work at play-by-play and certainly how you've become identified with the franchise. What's it like to have a Mike Lang night? I will say this. I I say I am grateful and I am humbled by it. And uh, I just thank the fans and everybody involved for giving me the opportunity to be their broadcaster for 46 years. It's been a great, great run for me. I've had all the fun in the world you could possibly imagine. I've seen five Stanley Cup uh, wins. I, what else do I need to do? I mean, it's that, it's that powerful to me what I've accomplished here. And uh, being in Pittsburgh was the place that I uh, should have been and where I was uh, for all these years. And in addition, Mark, I want to add one thing. You have pickles. The main thing with pickles is you've got to have it with a tuna fish sandwich. Oh, that's a good call. That's a real good call. Absolutely. So I do not – I can't eat a tuna sandwich – Without a pickle, I be I'm that sold on it. So let's mark. Let me mark that down. Burger King whoppers, hot chicken sandwiches, and tuna, all yep. with pickles, all mandatory. Gotta night. have it. Gotta have it. Have a good trip to Vegas, man. <laughs> no, I'll see you tomorrow night, and uh, can't wait. Okay. Let me be the first to say thank you, and uh, thank you for appearing as always, Mike. Much appreciated. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Mark. That is the great Mike Lang, brought to you by Eighty Four Lumber, your hometown building partner. I'm Mark Madden, one hundred five nine. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Um. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double S, big fan, man. Thanks. If you were a hot dog and you were starving, would you eat yourself? I would. I'd be delicious. Ditto. The X at 105.9. And next week, when I fly my jet into Pittsburgh, PA, I expect 20,000 people to welcome the opportunity to take a look at a real world champion and the greatest today. Pittsburgh, PA, you got to dig it. The Daily Flair here on the X. Here's the kind of tweet from a Steeler fan makes me just crazy. Ray tweets, Tomlin got outcoached again. Well, first off, they won. Second off, how exactly did Tomlin get outcoached? You hear that all the time. Tomlin's doing a bad job. Tomlin got outcoached. And I think he's hit his sell-by date here. I just don't think he has control of the locker room like he used to. And the result is a lack of professionalism and focus that does cost them games. But how last night did he get outcoached? I didn't like the play calling. I thought it was cowardly. I mean, throwing passes shy of the sticks on third down to give yourself a better spot from which to punt, that's cowardly. That's chicken scratch, but... But that's not Tomlin making those calls. That's either Ben or Matt Canada. So tell me how Tomlin's not coached. But but the thing is, 
You guys are so dumb and uneducated in the ways of the game, really in the ways of anything. It's a stupid city. But you're also uneducated in the ways of football that every time something goes wrong, it's, uh-huh, it's the coach and the quarterback. And it's boring when I say that, and it's even more boring to me that I have to say it because it never goes away. I think the defense is god-awful beyond Watt and Hayward. Now, maybe when Alu-Alu comes back, things stabilize a bit. They'll have more than one guy up front who's competent. And don't forget, when you go to the sub package, you're only playing two guys up front anyway. But they need Alu-Alu back. I, I doubt they're going to get to it back this year, if ever again. But uh, it's not always the coach and quarterback. That just isn't always who loses the game. And, of course, when they win a game, it's never the coach and quarterback. It's that defense, that great defense, which stinks. Except for Watt and Hayward, that defense stinks. Terrell Edmonds, first-round bust. Devin Bush, first-round bust. Micah Fitzpatrick should not have traded for him. James Pierre, undrafted free agent. Trey Norwood, seventh-round pick. Chris Wormley, journeyman. That Mondu guy. I'm not even sure who he is. Alex Highsmith, pretty good. He's one of the few Steelers defensive players that is neither great or suck. I mean, it's not a great group, but even some of the good guys ain't playing good, like Minka. But y'all love Minka. Minka missed half a dozen tackles last night, but y'all love him. You know who I'm starting to think that we should blame if the Steelers don't make the playoffs this year? The coach and the quarterback. That's who it's obviously on. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. What's your take on Watt punching the ball? I don't think he was punching the ball. When I saw it live, I figured, what's he doing? It didn't look like he was even trying to punch the ball. He was punching the guy in the chest. I think it's definitely a flag. I think he could have been ejected. Then again, it evened out when the... Well, no, it didn't even out. It got worse because that series at the end where Seattle got a free timeout for a play that didn't need to be reviewed, Tomlin called that an embarrassment, and I 100% agree. But the offense wasn't good. Ben was average. The running game was average. The play calling was cowardly. A bunch of receivers, they weren't drops, but they couldn't make contact catches, battle catches. And the defense just isn't elite. You want to say it's elite, you can say that all you want. That's the new way of being a sports fan, by the way. You don't pay attention at all to the result. At all. You just say, here's how it is. My opinion's no worse than yours. Yeah, but the thing is, your opinion is worse than fact. Your opinion is worse than video. Your opinion is worse than what actually happened. And that Steelers defense, it ain't good. It ain't good beyond Watt and Hayward. But Watt, I mean, I'm not eating crow because I still would have franchised him. I wouldn't have given him that big money. I'd like to think he'd still be playing this well, even if he hadn't got the $80 million guaranteed. Maybe not. But uh, Watt's playing great. He has won two games, if not by himself, pretty darn close. Also been talking about Pitt. I can't get excited about Pitt. I don't care about Pitt. You know, this is typical Pitt, okay? They're 5-1. and one. 
and they're ranked number 23 in the country. But now there's nobody on their schedule left from the play that really will up their stock unless they go all the way through and win the ACC. And even that won't matter that much. That won't get them in the NCAA playoff. And I have to laugh when I hear people all of a sudden talking about Pitt getting in the playoff. That wasn't even a remote possibility a couple weeks ago. And you know what? It's not even a remote possibility now. The final four is going to be Oklahoma, Alabama, uh, Georgia, and somebody else. And maybe Cincinnati, but I hope they find a way to screw them. Because A, it would be fun if they screwed them. And B, I don't want to see Cincinnati get beat by 40 in the semifinals of the national championship playoff. Because that is 100% how it would go. We're also talking Penguins. Two wins and one overtime loss. A better start than I imagined happening. Full credit, especially to the coaches. They've really done a wonderful job. Uh, the team is focused and prepared. If the Steelers were that focused and prepared, uh, they'd have a better record than 3-3, three and three, although maybe not. You can't polish excrement. Let's go to Steve in hey, York. Mark. Steve, what's up? Hey, Mark. Um, I didn't get a chance to hear, hear the first part of the show, but as far as TJ punching... Um, was it mentioned at all that 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 after he got done punching, he came he came over the top with a couple elbows to the helmet? Yeah, it was brutal. I saw it. Okay, yeah, I saw it too. I I, I thought he that, could have been ejected. I'm not saying should I have been ejected. I thought he could have been ejected. Actually, at first glance, I I thought that's what the I I thought that's what the call was for. I thought he was retaliating to something he felt was dirty, as opposed to trying to punch the ball out. That's how maniacal what he did was. Yep, totally agree. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, we got a few more calls coming in. Uh, in just 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about something totally irrelevant to sports. 105.9.